This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Tracking the footsteps of two young hobbits. Where are they? They passed this way the day before yesterday. They met someone they did not expect. Does that comfort you? Who are you? Show yourself! Saruman as he should have been. You fell. Through fire. And water. From the lowest dungeon to the highest peak, I fought him in the battle of Morgoth. Until at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. BFM 89.9, it is 7.40. You are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. Our supercut today is focused on the roles that could have been, basically. Um, We're asking you if you could recast famous roles, because let's be honest, right? Like the casting process is long and complicated and we hear all these stories of almost misses. It could have been that guy. It could have been this lady. So today we are just playing casting director and saying if we were to reshuffle, what would it be? Now, we could have had, you know, Gandalf saying, I smote the Balrog because it was almost Sean Connery. No, you and stole my line. I was going to say, you shall not posh. <laughs> we can keep waiting. doing this. We can keep doing this. Um, you know, it could have been that and it could have been like a Maximus style response of, mm. sorry, we thought you were, <laughs> you were Saruman because Aragorn was almost Russell Crowe. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird world. Mm-hmm. What movie would that have been, you guys? The I mean, worst one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that brings us to the question of um, it's easy to think that something like Lord of the Rings, because it's an ensemble cast and because it's so driven by the story and the visual effects and the Tolkienness of it all, that practically any actor could have made it work. But that's not true, is it? I mean, Nicolas Cage as Aragon would have been a very different Aragon. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to say, like, thank God. Thank thank God that Sean Connery had a bad agent or just bad decision making. No, Sean Connery couldn't understand Lord of the Rings. It's not the agent, it's yeah, Sean Connery. So so that man took an iconic piece of literature from history and didn't take the role because he couldn't understand the role. Like he just didn't get it. And he decided to give Lord of the Rings a pass. I am like 
thank God one for his lack of comprehension <laughs> that we didn't get him as Gandalf. Because I always like to think about that, right? Like what goes through the the mind of the person who's giving it a pass? Like, do they underestimate the role or do they not see the value in it? Or is it just like pure ego? Like, you know, this is, I, I don't want to play a wizard because I don't have to play a wizard. But this is the same guy who was in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Like that's that's his decision-making process. Clearly, clearly the better role, Alan Quatermain, right? Why not? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Chris is saying that Sean Connery was the almost actually turned out the better for Ian McKellen, which is true. I mean, if you think about it, this role in some ways launched Sir Ian McKellen into actual superstar. Mm. Before that, he was, you know, luminary of stage. It's the same in some ways for uh, Judy Dench and M, actually, since we're talking about Sean Connery, someone who's like a wildly respected stage actor, but not necessarily super well-known on the the public international film stage. So there is absolutely that. Although I I don't know that I would call it like, you know, doing a favour to Ian McKellen because he really killed it. And I'm I'm not sure how... I'm not... My brain starts to break a little bit when I imagine Sean Connery doing Gandalf. Mm. It's it's the gravitas, I think, (laughs) that, that I'm not sure would have been there. I think we have to say, though, that this is not because any of us think Sean Connery is not amazing to watch on screen. No, But no. he's a very particular kind of actor, right? James Bond, great. The Rock, great. Wearing robes and holding a staff with a long white wig, though, I, I can't see it. Like, I think he would have he would have looked the part, to be honest, like visually, like putting him on a poster, seeing him in the scenes. I think he would have pulled off the role more than like an Ian McKellen. I think it's easier to imagine a Sean Connery as a wizard than it is to imagine an Ian McKellen as a wizard. Um, I think Sean Connery would have lacked the warmth. And the kind of coziness and the safety. I was going to say he takes him. Seems like he takes himself a little too seriously to do this. This sort of sillier Gandalf things. Oh, interesting. Mm. Um, the scene that I was thinking of actually was the scene where Gandalf um, comforts Pippin. And whether or not I wanted to watch Sean Connery do that. Um, similarly, I'm thinking, like Russell Crowe, for instance, would have done the "It is not this day." Like that monologue would have been his. It would have been fine. Um, but the other stuff, like, I don't know if I want to watch Russell Crowe and, and Liv Tyler, like, stare longingly into each other's eyes mm. with, like, elf lighting. Firstly, I think every actor only gets one big rousing monologue per career and Russell Crowe already used his. Um, so that's there. I don't know if you can watch him do one more battle rousing thing and not think of Gladiator. But it's also a very different style of performance. And I think that... Um, I think also for someone like an Aragorn, you needed someone that you can't transpose onto another famous character. It had to be you see Vigo as Aragorn and not Russell Crowe, maybe three other things and now Aragorn. Mm, I also wonder, like, it, because of that, right, um, if these things would have felt like a misfire if they had happened. Like, let's say Sean Connery got the role um, and then he is Gandalf. Like, he is our Gandalf. Um, would he we is have, our Gandalf. He is our, our, our <laughs> Gandalf. Uh, would we have seen the movies and gone, like, there's something off here. Like, would we have felt it or would we have not known if we had never seen Ian McKellen in the role. You know what I mean? To be honest, that version of Lord of the Rings to me is just whack. Like, it would have been <laughs> like Sean Connery as Gandalf, Nicolas Cage as Aragorn, 
Pippin. Toby played- Maguire as Frodo. Pippin, oh played by God. Killian Murphy. Like, like I think, let's just go for it, right? That's just like alternate reality Lord of the Rings. Let's just whack it up. <laughs> Johnny Depp as Saruman. Why? Oh, at this point, why not? You know, that would work. The, the man <laughs> loves his wigs. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, this is exactly it. The makeup, the outfit, that would work. You know what I was gonna say? I was gonna say Andy Serkis as Sauron. Then I realized, no, no, he <laughs> yeah. was he was in the he was in the movies. <laughs> he was in the movies, and also he could totally do it. Yeah. Um. So a big part of our discussion today will be the the near misses, right? The ones who mm. almost were. And we're about to hear a clip of somebody who um played a role that for a very long time famously belonged to someone else. So Rami Malek won an Oscar for playing Freddie Mercury. Bohemian Rhapsody got, uh, I mean, it wasn't without criticism, it wasn't without controversy, but it also, you know, was very well received at the time that it came out. But for the longest time, it was the Sasha Baron Cohen project. And, you know, I always, I have a small um, longing to actually have seen that project. Not because I don't think Rami Malek was amazing in that role. And he was so, he embodied Freddie Mercury so well. But Sasha Baron Cohen is one of those underrated dramatic actors who can really deliver with the right role. And I feel like that would have been his career making role. Um, And of course, the physicality is so similar. Like, honestly, I want to see that movie Um, when I because we learned like midway through the pre-production thing that he dropped out and then the movie became Mm. something else. Right. Um, I love Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it was like a fantastic performance. I love like Remy Malek. I think Sasha Baron Cohen would have nailed it on a whole other level. Like, I think he would have done a, a portrayal of Freddie Mercury that we would not have seen coming so much better than, than Remy Malek, as good as his performance was. Oh, you think he would have been better? 100%. I, I do too. Um, and, and it comes... I didn't want to say it because I felt like I was going to get hit, but I secretly also think so. I think it's the, the showiness. Mm. Uh, it's the showiness and also the weird soulfulness. That mm. Sasha Baron Cohen brings to performances. It's a strange thing to say about Borat, but but it's something that's become increasingly present in his performances. Um, okay, we are talking today about famous roles that you'd like to recast. So if you could have anyone else play, I don't know, Spider-Man, if you could have anyone play Michael Corleone, more on that later, um, anything, basically, recast a role. We want to hear what you got. Uh, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Send us a voice note there as well. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. Here is um, the Freddie Mercury that was. I enjoyed the show. I also write songs. Our lead singer just quit. Then you'll need someone new. I love the way you move on stage. The whole room belongs to you. Don't you see what you could be? No one will play us on the radio. We need to get experimental. Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me. Do it again. One more. How many more Galileos do you want? Roger, there's only room in this band for one hysterical queen. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, Jack. I changed my mind. They said you might be up here. Give me your hand. Close your eyes. 
want. Step up. Now hold on to the railing. Keep your eyes closed. Don't pee. I'm not. Step up onto the rail. Hold on. Hold on. Keep your eyes closed. <laughs> you trust me? I trust you. FM 89.9. It is 7.52. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are casting. We're just casting things left, right, centre. Um, and recasting, in fact, a bunch of iconic roles with actors that you just want to watch them, you know, play it. Whether it's because you think it would be better or you want to watch the world burn. Either which way, we want to hear from you, your suggestions. Uh, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. So that could have been Matthew McConaughey and Kate Winslet. It could have been Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes because people lack imagination. Um, <laughs> it could have been Winona Ryder, weirdly, was in contention. It could have been a lot of things. Matthew McConaughey is my personal favourite. So... My personal Watch the World Burn favourite is Matthew McConaughey and Gwyneth Paltrow because she was also in running. Oh, yes, um, that's right. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. Kate Winslet. And I can't imagine it. I really can't. And it's got to do with a few things, right? I think because Leo was such a big name, actually, when he was cast for Titanic. But um, Kate was practically an unknown. She was in Heavenly Creatures, but, you know, it it was sort of an indie film. I can't imagine watching an, a Gwyneth Paltrow, someone who's already had that kind of um, caliber, not, okay, I was going to say caliber, I didn't want to be mean. I'm just going to say someone who already has this huge pop cultural presence by that point, playing a Rose. I think Rose needed to be someone that you got to know as Rose. I also think like with some movies, um, some people carry the movie so much that if you swap the actors, then it becomes a completely different Film. I think some movies can stand by themselves, like you can swap people around and they still come out being the same movie that you've seen. You can't change like Leo and, and Kate Winslet from Titanic, like then it doesn't become Titanic anymore. Putting anyone else, I think, in those roles might make it a bit more like a rom-com or not even a rom-com, like a romantic drama, more like. And it would have taken away the the scale and the significance that Titanic had because it's it, the movie has become a meme, but it's a really good movie. Guys, do we not think Matthew McConaughey might have been a great Jack, though? No. I, I can't see accent. it. I can't see it. The Imagine, accent for me. He was American. What is everyone's problem? But not, not Matthew <laughs> McConaughey kind of American. Like, like I feel like he would just jump ship at the first opportunity. You know, yes. I, I, I he would have like, I'm taking this door by Rose. You don't want to see the drifting <laughs> off and the gentle whisper of, all right, all right, all right. Just and Jack just sings, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. And that's not even a world burning suggestion. Like, I genuinely think that um, Matthew McConaughey's face, charm, easygoing nature um, would have actually made him quite a good Jack. And I think he would have actually been pretty nice across um, Kate Winslet. He came out of the he came out of the whole thing saying that he thought they had good chemistry, but they went with Leo. Hmm. 
actually, I'm thinking now also my resistance to the idea comes from at that time, Matthew McConaughey was 100% your romantic comedy, comedy lead. Um, and so seeing him do something, where else, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio comes from, uh, oh, I did prestige productions. I'm a serious actor and an Oscar nominee style thing. So I think it, it adds perhaps a, perhaps an unfair lens to someone like a Matthew McConaughey. But I mean, if we're talking about like watching the world burn, this this, this never happened. Like it wasn't even like rumored. But you said uh, Winona Ryder. And I'm thinking like Johnny Depp and no. Lena Bonham Carter. Oh, oh and in, a, in a Tim Burton Titanic. Goth Titanic. Yeah, with stop motion ship. And it's, <laughs> the it's violent sinks. scene. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. That would be the best scene in the film. They'd all be like kind of creepy and just kind of staring at each other in the ballroom. Is it like claymation? And- like Corpse Bright Titanic. Yeah. Ooh. It'll be claymation when the ship sinks. Okay, we yeah. said we'd cast. We didn't say that we would storyboard, <laughs> which is what's <laughs> happening at the moment. We're storyboarding this movie. Um, if we look at the suggestions that have come in, there have been some interesting ones. Um, Chia, by the, by the way, says multiverse Lord of the Rings edition, which is amazing and hellish all at once. Oh, would that would that then we'd have all of the spin-offs. So like The Hobbit would be like a different multiverse, the TV show would be a different multiverse. I'm not saying I love it. I kind of really hate it actually. But give it 10 years and that's probably what it's going to be. Oh, that's so interesting because you can I think you can swap Frodo with a couple of other people. You can't. You can't. What are you How saying? Dare you? you can you technically you might be able to. You you can't swap uh, a Bilbo Baggins. Like you can't, like no one else Wait, is playing old Bilbo, Bilbo or, or young Bilbo? Young Bilbo, young Bilbo ah. from the Hobbit movies. Like that Martin role Martin Freeman is, is perfect. That that role, yeah. the, the everyman shrug, I'm lost <laughs> half the time yeah. vibe is like, Martin Freeman totally has cornered it. Now, Elijah Wood mm. is heaven as Bilbo. I'm, I'm waving my mask around. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like wagging it in the air. He's so good. How, what are you saying? He's perfect. He's perfect. But, but replaceable but, is what you're saying. <laughs> but if it would happen, if it should happen, it's doable. Uh, Martin Freeman, no way. Like no one can say doilies and make you like <laughs> believe that they, they take care of their doilies. I can't think of anyone else who could play um, Frodo other than Elijah. I think it's the the eyes. Hmm. Norman says Tom Cruise over Leo in Titanic. We're going, we're, oh we're, we're going all over the place. Well, Tom Cruise would save the ship. So exactly. the ending would change. The ship would fly. <laughs> He'd retrofit it with like jet engines. It would fly. Uh, Captain Arriva says Austin Powers, Mike Myers with Jim Carrey, which is interesting Oof. because they both have that uh, physical comedy vibe, but it would be very different. I can see it work. It would be a very different film, but I can, I can definitely see it. I think it would be too much. I think it would be too much chaos. We're swapping out one Canadian for another also, which is kind of (laughs) just a random thing. Um, Okay, we're talking today about recasting roles. Um, Basically saying, if you could take a role and put in a different actor into it, who would you want to see? You can let us know by WhatsApping or sending a voice note to 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back for more of your suggestions after this. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. Your friends, they seem nice. Kind of reminds me of... uh... Hey, hey, what's going on? Huh? You're with your pals. You made it. Where will you go? Nearest bar for starters. Hey, I got you here. That's all I signed up for. Even gave back the money. Such a nice man. 
Hey, I never asked for this. All right, Charles never asked for this. Caliban never asked for this. And they are six feet under the ground. I don't know what Charles put in your head, but I am not whatever it is you think I am, okay? I only met you like a week ago. You got your Rebecca, your Delilah, your blah, 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 whatever. Everything you asked for, you've got it. And it is better this way. Because I suck at this. Bad shit happens to people I care about. You understand me? Then I'll be fine. BFM 89.9, it is 8.08 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And together today, we are talking about roles that we kind of wish could have been played by somebody else or that almost were played by someone else. So in other words, we're asking you for suggestions. Who, what role would you like to recast? Is there a famous character or anybody in a film or a show that you're like, I wonder what it would have been like if we had someone else playing it? So that was, of course, a little bit of Hugh Jackman as Logan. And, you know, it's funny, Wolverine's come up a lot already. So we have uh, a couple of messages. Let's see. Um, this is Amy Nadira, um, Tom Hardy as Wolverine. Uh, the Ruse is saying Mel Gibson as Wolverine. Well, okay, firstly, because I cannot imagine anyone else um, as Wolverine, Sorry, but no to all of those. <laughs> but I think it's actually worth bringing up at this point how we almost never got Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, right? Because he was an unknown Australian actor at that point. Um, Doug Ray Scott, who now isn't really a huge name, but back then, because it was after Ever After and he was sort of riding this wave, was pretty much confirmed to play the role. And then he dropped it to go to Mission Impossible 2. I, that's probably one of my favourite almost cast Hollywood stories because what if we didn't have Hugh Jackman as Wolverine guys and also the thing is like to be fair to be fair Dougray Scott would have looked a lot more comic accurate as Wolverine like, yes and I think right? that's what they were going for right yeah because he has the he has a grislier face and a, and a, and a more uh, rugged demeanor like if you saw Hugh Jackman without the, the Wolverine hair and without the claws and if you didn't know Hugh Jackman you'd be like no like this guy has too much of a nice guy face um, he's way too tall he's way too slender like there's no way he looks nothing like Wolverine he is Wolverine though like he is like when they announced that he's coming back with Ryan Reynolds in the new Deadpool movie as Wolverine it's even though you'd like to see someone else take the role, you're like, no, do this do this for as long as you can, like 20 more years. Because who else? Like, honestly, who else is going to be able to do the clip that we just heard? I don't know. The the voice, the intensity, the look. It's not just the, you know, the weird Wolverine hair. Mm. It's not the adamantium. I, I don't think it's any of that. I really just think that... Um, with Hugh Jackman in particular, it's the element of surprise. It's the fact that if you lived outside of Australia and you didn't watch Australian soap operas, you wouldn't have been familiar with the guy at all. And so the first introduction you get to him is as this stranger in a strange land who's coming into this existing setup and, and you know, ripping his way through it, basically. And you want someone unknown. I, I think that that's kind of the theme of today in some ways. Let's talk a bit about... So Doug Ray Scott, we agree, would have been pretty good. Hmm. Although we saw him break bad in Mission Impossible 2 and that was, you know, no. just sort of only all right. Um, Tom Hardy is a good actor. 
do we want to see a Tom Hardy Wolverine? He would be incomprehensible. <laughs> Can you imagine? Would they let us see his face is my first question. Because with Tom Hardy, they're going to put the mask on him. Because you know what? Every movie puts a mask on Tom Hardy. It's not, I don't think the movie puts a mask on Tom Hardy. I'm pretty sure Tom Hardy puts the mask on Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think he could do anything practically. I'd love to see Tom Hardy do something like Wolverine. But at this point, I really fear that we're a good decade away from anybody being able to play that role. I hope so, you know, like honestly. Um, but again, I think Tom Hardy would look more comic accurate as Wolverine. He has the, the, the height, the stocky. The, 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 right? the, yeah. yeah. the, the stocky sort of physique. Um, we'd get like more comic accurate. But again, I think the comics, Hugh Jackman is such a Wolverine that the comics have changed themselves to look more like Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's height is the same as Daniel Radcliffe's eyes. It's just a central feature of the character. They are perfect in every mm. other way. But in this one, oh, his height, sorry, Daniel Radcliffe's eyes and straight hair, because those are, I, I think, the two kind of big deviations from the character. But in so many other ways, they look the part. And then it's hard. Um, okay, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson is the wrong age, I think we can agree. But like 80s Mel Gibson. Like Mad, a Mad Max, Max Mel Gibson. Mm. Yeah. So I see where they're coming from. Um, the Mad Max Mel Gibson sans political issues now. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think I can, I can see that he could play that role. But maybe not, not in like a Logan not in like a Logan, um, but you know, like how you said the the political issues and, and Mel Gibson's like infamous problems, right? I think that's also pretty important because Hugh Jackman loves being Wolverine. And I think a lot of the roles that we picked for today's show, um, a lot of them love doing what they do. Like Ian McKellen loves being Gandalf. Um, Hugh Jackman will, will parody himself and will talk about being Wolverine and playing Wolverine like any given chance, right? And I think you need something like that for these like iconic pop culture roles instead of like an elegantness back when Star Wars was being made or like a Harrison Ford. As charming as it is, you don't want everyone trying to separate themselves from the roles that they're trying to play because it just becomes a bit, I don't know, like tiresome. So it's it's refreshing to see so much passion for that role that they were given and, and you know, like, like a Hugh Jackman. Actually, the point about Mel Gibson is also, I think there's a reason why the superhero personas are so carefully guarded, right? Because they're meant to be role models. They're meant to be franchise frontrunners. You can't have someone who's problematic off screen. It gets really tough. Mm -hmm. um, if and only if I says Ian McKellen as Dumbledore, anyone? Huh. Oh, it would have been perfect. So the tricky thing with Dumbledore is that there was actually a death, right? Um, Richard Harris was initially Dumbledore and then he passed away and then that role went on to uh, Shouty McShouterson, Michael Campon. <laughs> Hashtag not my Dumbledore. Who, who, you know, just proceeded to heavily emote his way through mm. the next bunch of films. So this question of who um, was supposed to be who could have been Dumbledore is something that came up. I think Ian McKellen um, didn't want to keep playing like bearded wizards <laughs> with good reason. Um, but then someone else, oh, Peter O'Toole was also asked, uh, but he felt Ooh. weird stepping into the role of um, his bestie, basically. Yeah, hmm. um, it's I, I think in a perfect world, Richard Harris would have played Dumbledore in all the movies. It would have been amazing. I don't dislike Michael Gambon in the later films, but you know, Goblet of Fire and the shouting was really the point at which I was Did like, Did you no, do la. this thing yeah. that endangers your life? Did you? It's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. So I cannot. La. What if we musical chaired it and Sean Connery as what Dumbledore? What is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Because almost Gandalf and then became Dumbledore. 
Learn from your mistakes. Would Sean Connery have made... Okay, I'm going to go down this ride with you. Why not? That's the premise of the show. Um, I, I think his voice would have been cool yeah. as Dumbledore. Um, I think him and Alan Rickman doing scenes would have been very, very mm. fun to watch. Mm. Um, I don't know if I could handle Sean Connery and Daniel Radcliffe for some reason in the same frame. My, my mind isn't doing the thing that it needs to do to get us there. I cannot imagine Sean Connery miming the eating of an earwax-flavoured uh, jelly bean and selling that scene. And if you cannot sell that scene, I'm sorry, you cannot be Dumbledore. Or even like sharing the screen with uh, Voldemort. Ooh! <laughs> Can you would, imagine? Who that... is out intensing who? Who should be Voldemort? Sorry, just as a yeah. sidebar, if we were to change the casting of Ray Fiennes, right? And we say, okay, no more Ray Fiennes. Someone else gets to get rid of their nose. Who would be, <laughs> who would be our new Voldemort? Oh, oh, Rami Malek. Oh my God. How many creepy <laughs> villains can the guy play? Exactly though? because he was, I think he was done dirty in the new James Bond mm, film mm. and he needs a better villain villain vehicle. So Harry Potter has the signature eyes and then his, his enemy, his nemesis has the signature eyes. You know, I do a Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Wait, but who would be Cedric? Come on. Some other pretty boy. <laughs> Topher Grace. I say dismissively. Um, you know, just... Topher Grace. <laughs> Why not? We're just mixing ages now. I do actually think Robert Pattinson would have been a cool Voldemort. I do. I think Robert Pattinson from The Lighthouse, yes. Oh. He would have been. That kind of tortured, yeah. Willem Dafoe. You said Lighthouse. <laughs> um, Faisal Bai just came in and said Willem Dafoe as Joker. He's already perfect physically. 100% cosign. Yeah. I yeah. don't even know why that's not been done yet. 100%. Actually, seriously, you know, mm. like like facially, it's not even physically. Physically is one thing, but facially, the structure of Willem Dafoe's face is really so much like so many comic book covers. Do you think it's because he's already been Green Goblin? And, you know, so now that ship has sailed. And was very good at that. Yeah. And also had a smile on his face. Like the, the mask, right? The, the, yeah, and the, the laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, can we close off the Harry Potter chapter for now? Because Cameroon is saying Elijah Wood for Harry Potter. Hmm. Again, I I feel Elijah Wood bypassed the age that he could play Harry Potter before the books were even no, written. No, but this hmm. game, this game uh, we must allow, you know, to say that, say, 15-year-old, no, 15-year-old? Yeah, 15-year-old Elijah Wood. I think can lah. I, I, hmm. I would say, actually, 15-year-old Elijah Wood could have. I can see it. Right? Would me too. Would be perfect, yeah. Um, Haley is saying, okay, this is the fandom in me, but I've always been unhappy with the casting of Cho Chang for Harry Potter. I always imagined Kristen Crook as Cho Chang. But Haley, the problem with Cho Chang is not the casting. It's that Cho Chang's not a good character, sadly. But yes, maybe a better actress would have added more to the role. Who is Kristen Crook? Smallville? Oh, right. Mm. Oh, yep, yep, yep. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. I actually think that she would have been a, a pretty yeah. good Cho Chang. But yes, I also agree that actually that one, the characterization itself might have been a problem. Um, keep those thoughts coming. We're asking you basically, who is your, who is a role that you just want to see played by someone else just for fun? You know, um, it's already out there. You already know who has played the role, but you just want to change it up a bit. Uh, send us your suggestions. You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, I did want to talk quite a bit um, about this next clip that we're going to play because Michael Corleone, <laughs> as played by Al Pacino, has become so emblematic of Al Pacino's 
career, mm. of gangsters, of the godfather, of everything. We could have had Jack Nicholson, though. Jack Nicholson said no. When I heard this, honestly, um, I had to think, I really had to take a pause and think about it. I fought for it. I, when we talked no, about yeah, it, I you was did, championing you it. Yeah. Because you reminded me that actually Jack Nicholson that we think of now, the OTT, you know, quirks and ticks Jack Nicholson, wasn't always Jack Nicholson, right? Like he had a phase earlier on where he's actually a really good actor. And that's not dissimilar to Al Pacino's arc. I think I would love to see it. <laughs> Like it's so it's it's it has such like chaotic um, casting energy that you'd want to see something like that. Jack Nicholson like, and James Khan, yeah, in one okay. scene. Okay, actually, that is just too much. Too much crazy testosterone in one scene. But also, and then it, Robert Duvall. Oh my god, <laughs> it's, it's actually quite a lot. Yeah, because you want you want someone sitting at that table to be frightening, and Jack Nicholson can do frightening. So I think he can do frightening more than Al Pacino. Yeah, but he didn't. He's not supposed to start off frightening, though. So that's why mm. I'm. I'm a little bit like I don't know if that would have worked. I want to see it, but I also don't want Godfather touched. That is true. Yes, is I, true. I agree with that. Um, but there's there's a part of me that's just so curious about it. Um, and by the way, if you're wondering why it was that Jack Nicholson said no um, to playing Michael Corleone, it was for a very 2022 reason, um, which is that he basically felt that it should be played by an Italian-American. He said that at the time that he was uh, looking at roles, he didn't think that people should necessarily be taking up roles of people from other ethnicities and backgrounds. So yeah, that that's how we ended up not having Jack Nicholson. Who would have thought? Woke before his time and yeah. all. Progressive Jack. Okay, so <laughs> let, let's sit with this idea. Imagine the eyebrows. Let's start yeah. with the eyebrows, yeah. work our way down, and uh, listen to this clip of The Godfather, um, Michael Corleone, as played by Al Pacino, and, you know, just, just kind of reimagine it. She's hysterical. Hysterical. Michael, is it true? Don't ask me about my business, Kate. Is it true? Don't ask me about my business. No! One time I'll let you ask me about my affairs. Is it true? No. <sighs> okay, now imagine Jack Nicholson. How do we feel? Perfection. <laughs> Like, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. it. It feels like it would be... I want to see one of those uh, deep fake videos. Like, have you guys seen the one where Jim Carrey's in The Shining? Like, they swap yes. faces? Yeah. And yeah. It, it looks kind of perfect, right? Like, now I want to see a whole movie with, like, Jim Carrey in The Shining. I want to see a deep fake of, of Jack Nicholson in that role for, like, a feature-length film. I mean, don't talk to me about my business, Kate. It's a line that is made for Jack Nicholson mm. to wave his arms about and yell. To be... You know... The thing is, right, that there have also been a lot of conversations about Diane Keaton as Kay over the years. Um, you know, people saying that maybe she wasn't the best choice. Um, 
I I don't actually have a problem, but I do also wonder since we're playing this game, would we recast K? Hmm. You know, I never understood why people had problems with Diane Keaton. So people tend to have problems with the women in The Godfather. Huh? It's well, a bit so of a trend. I was going to yeah, say, yeah. overall, again, it's the Cho Chang issue. The women in the, the first place were not amazingly written. I thought she was exactly what that role required. I mean, who would you who would you recast with? Like, who would be able to bring that? I mean, for that for that um, time, like uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer's too young. Right. I mean, if we're if we're doing age appropriate at that time, yes. she would be, I hmm. think, too young. Yeah, she would be too young. She would be too young. Uh, maybe like a Mia Farrow. Mm. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I yeah. think you know someone like that mm. perhaps could have done it. Um, but I wanted to play the the clip of Michael Corleone because um, it kind of leads into quite neatly our next clip because Al Pacino did say yes to playing Michael Corleone. You know what he said no to? For the same reason that Sean Connery said no to Gandalf um, for not getting it. He said no to Han Solo. I'm very grateful for this. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I want to see the 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 crazy... Back, um, oh, I was doing Christopher Walken. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't want to see the crazy vacillations in volume and the, the theatre actor version of Han Solo, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I want to see Al Pacino in a spaceship anytime. Talking ever. to Chewie. <laughs> Talking to Chewie. No, la, no. Al Pacino is squarely of our world and our time. Are we thinking about new, like old Al Pacino in, uh, in Han Solo's no, vest? even regular at the age appropriate Al Pacino. Young Al Pacino. I don't think I want to see it. Also, um, this is the thing, right? And I know that um, it, this is undermining the whole premise of our show in some ways. But if we had Al Pacino, we wouldn't have I Know. No. Oh, yes. Because that, that was an, you know, an ad lib. So, yeah, yeah um, if you think about it, one of the most famous lines of Star Wars in general across all like gajillion movies, gajillion shows, that is one of the most famous lines. If we had Al Pacino, we wouldn't have that. And can Al Pacino be impish? I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think so. What are so. you saying? I don't, I don't, like in my brain is breaking just thinking about this. Cannot the chewy, the I know line, no la. There are some things that are not meant to be for very good reason. So he can't play. He wouldn't be able to play like a bum, <laughs> but a lovable space pirate bum. He could play a serious bum that is angry at the world, <laughs> but not if you add in the the space creature in the hairy suit next to him and the lady with the donut hair. If we <laughs> if we were just casting this across space and time, and I think with Star Wars that's mm. fair to do, um, Al Pacino as Kylo Ren would get my money. That would be good. Ooh. Young Al Pacino, young Al Pacino. I'm, I'm not talking about like 83-year-old <laughs> Al Pacino playing son of Harrison Ford. Actually, Adam, um, oh my God, what's his last Driver. name? Adam, Adam Driver. Driver, thank you. Adam Driver is the closest you can get to that energy, right? That right. weird If you yeah. think about yeah. it, yeah. Just like yelling and screaming and stuff mm, and like getting mad. Hands and fists all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but also <laughs> quite normal, quite normal and likable, like off screen. Actually, an Al Pacino would make his own tri-saber that sounds the way Kylo Ren's tri-saber does. Like you can completely see it happening. Right. Right? Like Adam Driver, you'd be like, oh, what happened here? Like, you know, did he make a mistake? But Al Pacino, with his energy, you'd be like, of course, that's his lightsaber. Of course, it crackles and wheezes and makes that weird sound when it lights up. It's Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is where we've landed. Jack Nicholson passed 
on the role that went to Al Pacino. Al Pacino passed on the role that went to Harrison Ford. And that is what we're going to hear next. Uh, We'd like to hear from you, though. We're discussing near misses when it comes to casting, but really we want to know what are some roles that you would change the actor for. You'd be like, you know, I just think this person would be fun to watch in this role. Send us your thoughts. Uh, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Well, Your Worship, looks like you managed to keep me around for a little while longer. I had nothing to do with it. General Rykin thinks it's dangerous for any ships to leave the system until we've activated the energy field. That's a good story. I think you just can't bear to let a gorgeous guy like me out of your sight. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. (laughs) Laugh it up, fuzzball. But you didn't see us alone in the South Passage. She expressed her true feelings for me. What? Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. Who's scruffy looking? Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi there. Nothing wrong with the elevator? Officer! Ah, good evening, Officer Mooney. Well, they say confession's good for the soul. I'd listen to this man. Take him away. BFM 89.9, it is 8.30 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Shyamalan Arvin. Our supercut tonight is basically focused in an imaginary place, right? We're asking you, if you could recast a role with another actor, who would it be? Why? What are the possibilities here? Endless, that's what. Um, Let us know some of your imaginings, basically. (laughs) If you could recast a role with another actor, who would it be? Why? Uh, You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So Nicolas Cage, huh, as Superman? Yeah. Well... Okay, so I definitely want to talk about Nicolas Cage, but you know who almost played Superman in this version? Burt Reynolds or Clint Eastwood? <laughs> like a shaved Burt Reynolds? I, I hope right? so. Because <laughs> a Superman with a mustache? Right? How would you just... Maybe he'd wear the mustache as Clark, but not as Superman. So what, like hair growth? Wait, wear the mustache as like a stick-on? Yeah. Like a disguise. <laughs> in my head, that's what I'm thinking. Wow. Um, Clint Eastwood would have been so weirdly interesting and unnecessarily intense, though. Like to his, like the people that he catches, the burglars, they, he would have scared them in like other ways. It would um, be the Dark Knight before its time. Yeah, 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 mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see the Nicolas Cage, Tim mm. Burton, Superman movie. So Nicolas Cage is like Andrew Garfield before Andrew Garfield, right? Like, yes. like the person who loves, loves, has like this abiding childhood love. Mm of the character and at this point I think even he would admit he's probably aged out of it like it's it's not going to happen anymore but the man named his child Kal-El like th- th- there's a lot of dedication yeah. here 
I would have liked to have watched it only because I also think that Nicolas Cage, like Al Pacino, like a number of the other very intensos we've been talking about, is actually an extremely good actor, like a very, very good actor who simply makes choices that don't always showcase the talent. So the Nicolas Cage movie, correct me if I'm wrong, is the one that never got made. And then we just skipped and went straight to Brandon Routh, right? Like, so there was no someone else got the role. Uh, mm. Yeah. but Yeah, because that project was scrapped entirely. And so you're right, because I don't, I don't know if I get Nicolas Cage as the Christopher Reeve type Superman or even as the Henry Cavill type Superman, but I would have loved to see what that project would have been. You guys have seen the pictures, right? The ones I that, have. It, and yeah. it looks, it looks, um, it looks so peak Tim Burton. Like Tim Burton in his like when he was on a high, when he was making all these amazing movies, just after Batman Returns, I think. So he wanted to make Superman. There's something about that world, and there's something about seeing a Nicolas Cage with the with the again the weird hairdo and the long hair and in a in a very Man of Steel suit that makes me very curious as to what that movie would have been. So, what is Superman? Right? Um, mm. Is Superman just the best person? Um, the the best, strongest, X-ray eyes? You know, just all the rest of it. The guy who can fly. Is he all those things? Is he the, the best hero that, that has ever existed? Or is he an alien who was raised mm. by a bunch of humans who then came into powers that he wasn't necessarily ready for? And I think how where you land on the Nicolas Cage could do it spectrum depends on how you see Superman. So if Superman just has to be this perfect, clean-cut, all-American figure, then Nicolas Cage was never going to be the one. It's, it's just not happening. Hmm. But if you think about him as an alien, as an alien being who is here, despite the fact that he shouldn't be here, then sure, why not Nicolas Cage? We're was just that talking just City about of Angels? <laughs> see? You see? Which, I'm sorry, underrated. Everyone hated it when it came out, but he was great in it. Um, I Maybe what I'm saying is, I don't want to see his Clark, but I'm happy hmm. to see his Superman. <laughs> oh, what uh, is Nicolas Cage's Clark, Right, though? with the glasses, and then suddenly it's like, hi there. Like, but, no. But you know, <laughs> but, you know actually, Nicolas Cage is... is I think the thing is, we did a whole supercut on the man. So we we celebrate him here on the show. I think he is underrated for his comedic timing and his sense. So like that kind of funny, awkward Clark, mm. though, I think could work. Okay, that's fair. Because what I had in my head was basically American Psycho. Clark Kent. Yeah. Because if you imagine Nicolas Cage smiling and, Hi there, Lois. <laughs> like, I, I just, I don't want to watch that. Christian Bale wasn't running to be Superman too, I just remembered. And, oh, and no. American Psycho is oh. exactly it. Like, right? who, who on earth? That's exactly the alien figuring out how to be human thing. Christian Bale is... The smile. It's the, the smile. It's, yeah. it's because he's done the smile and we mm. all know what that looks like. So, yes. And the super intense eyes. Yeah. Um, by the way, some superhero stuff coming in. A mixed bag. Uh, Brian says, for Green Lantern, Owen Wilson instead. Oh, I like that. I, like I really do like it. Yeah, yeah right? I, I think it'd yeah. be really fun. We're not talking about current, right? I, I Let's just assume that we're always talking about peak age. So Shall Owen Wilson with... back when Green Lantern came out. Right? I, I think so. I don't yeah. know. Um, after seeing him in Loki, and since there's more than one Green Lantern. Um, oh, true. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. He's got the right vibe. Huh? He's got the vibe. He's got the voice. He's got the hair. 
Mm. I, I, I want to see it. Uh, Wan Xiang's just being very practical. Timothée Chalamet is flash, not because Ezra Miller is not good, but because the movie won't be cancelled now at least. <laughs> I get what you did there. You picked the physicality and someone who could do the suit. I get it. Also, I just love Timothée Chalamet in most things. Same, same. Ah, so here's the thing though about superheroes and hot actors. Um, and when I say hot, I mean those who are hot, on a hot streak, the ones who seem to get cast in every big thing. Um, it's always a huge problem. And, and I think that it's partly the problem of our show this evening that when you ask, like, who would you cast? Your mind goes to the, the, m- most likely like famous, popular people. And then they've already done iconic roles mm. that it's hard for you to imagine other things as. But in when it comes to superheroes, I think there is a real overexposure fear. And Timothy Chalamet as Flash would probably be overexposed. I agree. In fact, it's not just um, superheroes, right? Most of these roles that we've talked about today, I think we almost all collectively agree. The fact that they didn't have something else imprinted on them before helps tremendously in us seeing them first and foremost, as that character. Actually, you know, like since we're talking about the superhero stuff, um, I have, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but I've always wanted this. And even though he has played Batman before, I've always been curious as to what would Ben Affleck's The Batman have been like. Why do you do this? You know, like when you, when is you... Zack Snyder making it? <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say his name. I had I didn't to say his name. his name. If he's making it, I don't care. No, it, not not him making it. I think if Ben Affleck directed the movie, or, oh yeah, or yeah, yeah. Matt oh. Reeves, yeah, or if Matt Reeves was able to give Ben Affleck the the shot that he never had. So I have no problem with Batfleck. I thought mm. I did um, early on. Well, when the casting was first announced, I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. But I actually think that Ben Affleck is a perfectly charming and suave older Batman and Bruce. Mm. I actually think that he played both sides of it really well. I want to say, though, that when you were building up to this reveal, the suspense is so great because there are so many Batmen. And I was like, (laughs) Michael Keaton? (laughs) Val Kilmer? Where are we going? And then Batfleck. Batfleck. Well, because Batfleck was really the only one that didn't get his due, I also don't have a problem with him, actually. I don't. Um, actually, to be honest, like I love the Robert Pattinson Batman. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. He might be my favorite live-action Batman. There's something so comic accurate about Ben Affleck's mm. physique and the way he looks and the, the Frank Miller tribute that I want to see him in like a feature length just to see what he would be able to do. So weirdly, um, I just rewatched The Dark Knight yesterday. Mm. And... Um, and I remember that when we talked about Batman, I think I did not put Christian Bale um, way up there because because I was dumb, I guess, um, <laughs> you know, and, and because recency is, is a real problem. You watch a, a, a recent film and you think, yeah, that's the one. Um, but Christian Bale is really, really so enjoyable mm-hmm. as, as Batman and Bruce. And I was thinking about it that in, in some ways, I understand why Ben Affleck is a logical inheritor to Christian Bale because he's got that same maturity. They're around the same age. Um, he's also got the the handsome millionaire, billionaire, playboy look, but he's also got that kind of brokenness and sadness. Mm. It's a very different approach to where, where they went with Robert Pattinson. But I see what you're saying about Batfleck. I also don't think we got to see as much of Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne other than the already established relationship with the other heroes, I would have loved to see Bruce with his own personal life because you got to see that to understand whether he's good at that role or not. 
And he looks like a cartoon Bruce Wayne. Mm, like the guy looks like the, like the cartoon Bruce Wayne, yeah. There are more uh, comic book things. Let me see. Um, okay. Danny is coming in with this. Huh? Let's prepare. Um, Danny says... Oh gosh, I have been waiting for this all my life, people. <laughs> Shang-Chi, get rid of Simu Liu. He is no Donnie Yen, not leading man material, no charisma. I could go on and on. Don't get me started. Dustin Daniel wasn't kidding when he said as a kid he wanted someone that looked like him. Sigh. So no replacement even. Just get rid of him? Just get rid of Simu Liu. <laughs> Anyone but Simu Liu, apparently. I, I love Simu Liu. Um, because of Kim's convenience and, you know, just like a huge, huge fan. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Let's talk a little bit about the Simu Liu backlash, right? Because the thing is, um, it, it's happened a couple of times. Like, people were mad about Shang-Chi. People were mad about Ken. Um, so, there seems to be like a bit of a Simu Liu effect. Um, and mm. I'm not sure what it is. A lot of it rests in this exact criticism that he's not leading man material. I, I think that if you... I don't think he is the most charismatic actor in the world. Um, but neither do I think he is as charmless as some people seem to, to think he is. Um, but maybe it is that middle of the ground came from sitcom kind of quality. Mm. Like, like if you had to rank him, he's more of a Josh Radner than he is, a, I don't know who, who's like a big breakout star from a sitcom. He's more of a Josh Radner than he is a, a Matt LeBlanc. Where am I going with this? You know what I mean? Brian Cranston? I was going to say sure. Jennifer yeah. Aniston. Yeah, Brian Cranston is a great yeah. comparison. Yeah. I don't know why I only went to Rachel, but she's the only, she's probably one of the biggest sitcom stars. Mm. I'm going to say like everyone needs the Thor Ragnarok. And I think if mm. Simu Liu had his Thor Ragnarok, then we'd see the charisma in him. So I want him to stick around. Sorry, Danny. Because uh, he's been waiting for this all his life, he said. Um, we also have Faisal, who says Tom Hiddleston almost became Thor. Um, mm. I love this story, partly because so crazy. So crazy. Could have been blonde wig rather than the, rather than the dark hair. Um, and also because it gives me an opportunity to tell uh, what is what has now become one of my favourite Avengers-ish casting stories, which is John Krasinski tried to go out for Captain America. Mm. And then when he found out that it was Chris Evans, he was like, yeah, of course, that's fine. You know, duh. Um, but the other thing he said, and, and he's told the story a couple of times, I think, is that he, he cast, uh, well, he went for the casting call. He thought it went well. He exited the room. And then he saw a certain Australian walk by with the Thor outfit and the hammer and he went, oh, I see, I'm stupid. Yeah, I'm not getting this. I'm <laughs> just not in the right league. Um, and I really appreciate that because John Krasinski is... A funny, charming, good-looking guy. He's not a superhero, though. You don't think so? I don't think you so. Don't, not huh. even as Mr. Fantastic? Um, I mean, that's fine. But, like, I don't mean superhero. I'm talking about Superman superhero, you know? Mm. Like like the kind mm. of perfection-chiseled superhero. Huh. You know what I can't deal with is that Liam Hemsworth was almost Thor. Yeah. I'm like, what? I, I'm not even happy that he's the Witcher. I, I don't think he could have been Thor. And not to pit brother against brother, but, you know, Chris Hemsworth really was Thorla. I can actually see it, you know, because Chris Hemsworth in the first Thor looked ridiculous uh, with uh, with whatever they were doing with his face and the wig and mm. the hair. So I, I don't think uh, uh, one of his brothers would have been too far off. But Tom Hiddleston, no lie. I mean, like, he is the perfect Loki. Actually, I can't think of anyone else who would be a better Loki. He's one more, he's another one of those, like, Perfect like cast. Like uncastable. Uncastable. After this. Uncastable. Uh, Nazif says, try recasting Deadpool. 
Mm. Ah. Mm. Not well, a suggestion, just a challenge. Apparently. Yeah, no, uh, and and it's a well-made one. I don't think it'd be that easy. Ryan Reynolds has clearly worked very hard to make sure Deadpool is his and only his. So, um, <laughs> did he work very hard to make sure Deadpool is his, or does he not work at all to make sure Deadpool? Because he's he's just Ryan Reynolds. Well, the first iteration of Deadpool. I hate to invoke it, but mm. the first iteration. Of Deadpool by the oh, same you actor. Mean, you mean X3 Deadpool? X-Men X2. Origins. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh. I mean, because it's very rare that we have mm. the situation of an actor rebooting a failed character yeah. and then like it, you know, going gangbusters. Um, so I think maybe the work was in the background, like like the therapeutic work to yeah, realize yeah. <laughs> like, who is Deadpool? Who am I in relation to Deadpool? Because the first iteration of Deadpool was truly horrific. Like you were glad when his mouth got sewn up. You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Do we do we believe that he leaked that footage on purpose online? The, the one that went on from 20th Century Fox and then people loved it and then they made the Deadpool movie? Because I that, believe that's... he ruined his first performance on purpose so that he could then <laughs> put in motion exactly where he is now. Good for him, though. I mean, who else? Honestly, who play else? Play the long game. If play you get cast game. in a stupid film, play the long game. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Andrew says, Adam Sandler is Forrest Gump. I can see it. Adam Sandler, after seeing the great stuff he's been doing lately, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I think even back in the day, like, uh, who am I thinking of? Am I thinking of the Water Boy? What what other what other wise fool has Adam Sandler played? Because he he did he was doing this for a little while. Happy Not, Madison, Billy Happy Madison, Gilmore. Billy, Billy Madison, Madison. Happy, Happy Gilmore. Yes, yes, um, yeah. So if you think about those kinds of characters, it's not actually terribly far off from from Forrest. Oh my God! I can't believe I'm gonna I'm actually gonna say this, but Adam Sandler is more Forrest Gump than Tom Hanks. Is. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. If he you is. really think it's, about it. It's the Ryan Reynolds thing. He wouldn't have to do much. Even the ridiculous <laughs> voice, you know, that baby voice he likes. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah, the baby voice. You could imagine him doing it as Forrest Gump. John Travolta was... Uh, John Travolta said no to Forrest Gump, by the way. Oh, thank God. I'm, yeah. Good choice there. Good choice. That's like Also, his... th- wasn't it the same year of Pulp Fiction? <laughs> That's just weird. Yeah. So, so, yes, great choice. Um, no, because I was thinking of him actually as Powder. You guys remember mm. John Travolta and Powder? Yeah. And like, yeah, it would have been, again, a little a little bit similar, I think. Wait, Powder or Phenomenon? Um, I think he did both. He oh, did both. All right, yeah. then. Yeah. Um, that string of flops that nobody remembers, but all kind of seemed the same. Michael, where he was an angel. Was an, oh, my God. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Okay. Dan has an opinion that is he himself is saying is unpopular. I'm going to say up front, I already disagree. Um, unpopular opinion, Clive Owen for Daniel Craig and James Bond. Daniel's blonde and looks akin to a boxer instead of a suave secret agent. It's a missed opportunity. <laughs> Clive Owen hit his peak and I don't think could be James Bond. I'm sorry. I don't know. What? I don't know. Oh? Not not now. Not after seeing Daniel Craig because he is like my favourite James Bond. He's perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, can do five more movies, like wouldn't care. <laughs> um, but Clive, I've always liked Clive Owen. Um, like I have like a soft spot for his, like his movies and his performance and I kind of miss seeing him in movies. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about. It's like Gerard Butler. Wait, who's you in the White mean? House Down movies? Is that Gerard Butler? Gerard Butler. That's, that's oh. Gerard Butler. See, I knew I was mixing them up. Uh, I think Clive Owen would have been fine. Um, I do think that 
going in a different direction with Daniel Craig has paid off in such a big way mm. that I, I just I just don't see it. I think that the looking like a boxer but carrying himself with that with that suaveness. I mean, have you seen the man walk? Like he walks like a secret agent. Yeah. I don't see yeah. why we need more of this. Um, but yeah, I also think it's an unfortunate truth that every dark head. English British, actor yeah. ever it will be at some point said he could be James Bond. Except Idris Elba. Yeah. Sorry, I had to. But, Salty. I mean, since we're on the topic, like future casting, since it's open. He's aged out, no? Idris Elba? Mm. There's talk of Henry Cavill. Um, yeah. I mean, he would be perfect. I think he would be too perfect for the role. That and um, again, we go back to the can Superman play Bond? Yeah, mm. I think Henry Cavill has a few too many iconic roles. I mean, at this point, he's Superman, he's The Witcher, he's Sherlock Holmes. I feel like it's it's too many things. What, Counting what a, what Enola problem. Holmes huh? is, is one I of the am. big roles. It's, it's, for me, it's top three. Guy who fixes computer on internet is also on that list. What a what a terrible first world problem for him to I have. Know. Like, you know, just the amount of roles that he's getting. Um, I wouldn't be mad, though, if, if they cast him. Like, I honestly wouldn't be mad if he got another one. Um, Rice Fishball says, Harrison Ford was supposed to be Ellis Redding Boyd, a white man uh, in Shawshank, but Morgan Freeman was cast instead and did a great job with his world-weary narration and acting. Uh, instead of Julie Andrews, Hollywood cast Audrey Hepburn as Eliza Doolittle, and it wasn't even her voice on the silver screen. At least Rex Harrison kept his role as the irascible Henry Higgins, just you wait. Um, instead of Bruce Lee in Kung Fu, David Carradine was cast as Kwai Chang Kane, uh, a case of whitewashing and yellow face. Um, yes, the David Carradine one, of course, is is hugely problematic. People talk about it even still. The Julie Andrews shout, though, um, not only was she almost cast, people assumed she was going to get the role because she played the character so well on stage already. But then they wanted a better known face. And that's how Audrey Hepburn ended up getting it. It, it wouldn't have been bad at all, right? No, it would have been fantastic. Would have been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but then she wouldn't great. have done. Yeah, but she wouldn't have done Sound of Music then. Oh, that's true. Mm. Hmm. And then you cast Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just keep Maria. shuffling them around. Oh my god! Actually, Audrey Hepburn as Maria. Audrey Hepburn is more a countess than she is a Maria, isn't she? Yeah, I think that so. Is true. And she yeah, couldn't. True. And she can't sing, which you know. It's not that she can't sing. I think she can't sing to a musical level. Yes. Because if you hear mm. her version of Moon River, it's fine. It's actually in the age of like where Hilary Duff was allowed to be a recording artist. Like, what are we saying about Audrey Hepburn? It was it's fine. It's the Christopher Plummer singing Edelweiss. Like, actually, he sounds yeah. great, but yeah. not on screen musical. Not musical. Standards. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mutton Briani says Ben Cumberbatch as Schindler. Oh, I can see that. Me I, can, too. I, I can see that. I, I actually think that would be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what can't Benedict Cumberbatch do? Well, uh, while we're talking about Liam Neeson, because we'd be replacing, um, Kat says Liam Neeson for Dumbledore, which was a real thing, right? I think that that was actually something that could have happened. It was. Isn't he too young at that point? You he sl- would have been. Then we'll have the Jude Law Dumbledore problem all over again. And how mm. do you go from Jude Law to Liam Neeson? That's even crazier. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do Qui-Gon before Dumbledore. I mean, True. before the Potter movies. So he can play that sort of like wise old but then sage again, role. Maybe that's why he didn't want to. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Um Tim Wing says replace Jack Reacher from the movies with Jack Reacher from the T V series. Um I had to look this up because I'm not currently watching Reacher. Um but 
Yeah, I, I think that um, Tom Cruise's physicality was always a, a, a big problem with Jack Reacher. With the movies, yeah. Chiral yeah. uh, Nizam, by the way, says Tom Cruise is Luke Skywalker. Oh, oh no. Wow. Is this a pilot thing? Maybe it's because you introduced the pilot thing earlier. Maybe it's it's that. Oh, Maybe we're just he thinking fly. of like, oh. yeah, flying. Although, oh, right, I, although, I right. mean, still. Would have been cool though. <laughs> Too smiley. Like just... Too smiley. But think about like think about the binary sunset scene. Like if Tom Cruise just walks walks out to the dunes and then he's looking out at the at the twin sunsets and with the music, it works. It kind of works. This, is this the same movie where Pacino is Han Solo? Then because oh. we might as well. <laughs> yeah, we might as well. I watched that. I've watched the heck out yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, Fyra says Robin Williams or Joaquin Phoenix as Norman Bates, which I think is a tremendous shout. Ooh. Like, very good. Yes. I love it because any time Robin Williams flexes with the dark roles, yeah. he has been amazing. And Joaquin Phoenix... Actually, if you check into the Bates Motel and Joaquin Phoenix checks you in, mm. it's kind of your problem, lah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleep like the in fact your that car. you didn't just leave. Yeah. 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 I, I don't just... I mean... Um, Jay says Michael B. Jordan as Jay and Brian Cranston as K in Men in Black 3, although Tommy Lee Jones is a perfect K, and the Wayans brothers playing the four aliens in Men in Black. Wow, this is a whole movie. This, <laughs> yeah. is, a, this is a whole script. I actually quite enjoy this idea. I like that. Yeah. 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 I like it more than the Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson. See, to be fair, that casting Ooh. pair I was very excited by, and then the movie was so rubbish. Because you know they have chemistry. Yes. We've seen them have chemistry elsewhere. I forgot that movie existed. Yeah. You. Yeah. But like this this movie I would watch, actually. I think I that would. it would be really fun. I would. Um, oh, actually, if we are, do you guys remember the Donald Glover um um, oh my God, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes. yes. That was yes. halfway in, and then they just cancelled it. Wait, they cancelled it? Yeah, it's not happening anymore. Oh. Yeah, just as we're talking about Creative casts. differences, apparently. Yeah, mm. yeah. I would have loved to see that film. Same. Uh, Wan Siang is back to say John Krasinski as Shazam because Zachary Levi is too childish and I can't take him seriously. It's like the movie has no threat. In cartoons and comics, Shazam does get very serious. John Krasinski is funny funny enough and can be taken seriously. Elle Fanning should take up some roles from Saoirse Ronan and Anya Taylor-Joy because she's awesome too. Uh, I see the thread between those three actresses. I do like Zachary Levi as Shazam though. Yeah, it is the correct kind of superhero for John Krasinski, though. Kind of funny, mm. a little bit goofy, mm. but also can be strong. Um, yeah, he's not Captain America, but he could be like a tall Ant Man, <laughs> you know. And yeah, that's yeah. like the Shazam thing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the the fact that you said Ant Man is like perfect, right? Because you need someone like a Paul Rudd or Zachary Levi, yeah. who can play a kid without being weird. Like I, I don't know. Like John Krasinski pretending to be a kid would be weird to me. I can't, I can't see it. <laughs> um, we also have, uh, as we close off, anonymous who says, you know, casting for me is interesting. It's about meeting halfway. The casting director thinks of who might work. The actor meets it halfway. The problem we all have is with the problem we all have with wrapping our heads around this topic is that you are overlaying a person on a role that has been met halfway by another actor. So in a way, there can never be a better view of that character. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, right? Because we overlook um, we overlook how much of the building of a character actually comes from what the actor brought to the role. Yeah, and also, I mean, it goes through so many, so many stages and such a process, right? That I guess like every big role that we get is kind of perfect already because of the whole filtration process. Well, I mean, Anwar doesn't seem to have that problem. Rosham no is matki lao, ha ha ha. 
some characters though, especially in the iteration they're currently in, can only get better. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love this suggestion so much. I don't know why. It's just, it's very good. Um, Jesper is bringing in some points, uh, some of the iconic performances that never happened um, that I would love to see. Uh, so, A Star is Born, which as we know, went, went through several iterations, um, specifically Elvis Presley instead of Chris Christopherson in the 76 version, and Mariah Carey, Aaliyah, Lauren Hill, Beyonce or Alicia Keys opposite Paul Walker or Clint Eastwood instead of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. I really like the the permutations that that offers. So I many. Do. The pairings, um, yeah. yeah. Maybe not Clint Eastwood. I don't know if I can imagine him singing. Country though. Mm. Uh, not still. now. Not yeah, like yeah. age at Clint, but you know. That's true. Yeah, that um, could work. The the unsinkable, the unsinkable Margaret Brown in Titanic. I wish Reba McIntyre had taken it. That's a big one that mm. people talk about a lot. Um, let's see. In Ted and Joanna Kramer, Kramer versus Kramer. I wish that Kate Jackson had taken on the role instead of Meryl Streep. Um, in Catherine Trammell in Basic Instinct, I think Demi Moore, Michelle Pfeiffer, Kim Basinger and Julia Roberts would have been better compared to Sharon Stone. Um, Angelica Houston or Renee Russo would have been great to play the Kathy Bates and Glenn Close roles in Fatal Attraction. Um, Yeah, Jack Nicholson and Deborah Winger's roles in terms of endearment. Uh, Harrison Ford or Burt Reynolds would have been great. And Angela Lansbury instead of Shirley. Those are some bold suggestions. Replacing Meryl Streep in anything... It's, it's in itself bold. Yeah. But also like naming, like the replacements are such powerful actors that yeah. you, you, can't, you can't say that any of them would have been wrong. So that is what we've been talking about this evening. Just this imaginary meeting halfway and trying to overlay uh, as we got from that message there. If you'd like to keep those thoughts coming, please do. You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Thank you so much for listening. been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.